Welcome to the Taz Show Podcast. Canadian UFC legend Georges St. Pierre announced his retirement. When I was young, the reason why I, I started doing mixed martial arts is because I watched Royce Gracie growing up when he won the first UFC. And at that particular moment, I knew exactly that's what I wanted to do. It's weird. It's like I had a, a vision. And I want to say thank you to Royce Gracie to add and inspire me. And thank you to Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky is probably the best athlete all sport combined. His record would probably never been broken. And um, not only that he's an incredible athlete, for me he's an incredible role model. And through my career, I always try to mold myself like, uh, like Wayne Gretzky. I always wanted to be That's like cool. Wayne Gretzky. I remember I, I used to watch him when he won the Stanley Cup. I was very young. My, my dad used to wake me up every time the Oilers won. And I, there was, there was, uh, the Oilers was my team. <laughs> Everything started with a dream. And um, I was able to, to have a dream because of, of, of these guys. We've got our friend, retired UFC fighter, Mark Hominick, on the phone. Good morning, Mark. Hey, what's up, guys? Georges St. Pierre, what a legend. And not just for Canadian sport, but for uh, mixed martial arts in the UFC. One of the all-time greats. For sure. You know, but after all these years on the mic, you'd think his accent would get a little better. <laughs> you'd also think he'd be a Habs fan, not an I, Oilers I, fan. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's faking it. I think he's faking <laughs> nah. it. No, like I said, he, he personifies everything it is to be an athlete. You know, a role model. Uh, in and out of the cage, he always carried himself with class. And I think he represented Canada. Like, you know, he really took um, mixed martial arts here on the map, but also represent what it really is to be a Canadian. Like, the way he has like, his work ethic, you know, the way he, he has always had class in everything he did. And, yeah, and waving just, that Maple Leaf flag everywhere he went. To no PEDs. Like, you know, as an athlete, you're, you're, you're proud to be part of it with him. But, you know, and as a fan, too, you know, he just, he personified everything that you, you, you think a Canadian is. Well, he brought up Wayne Gretzky, and it's funny because yesterday on the show we were kind of debating if Georges St. Pierre is the most well-known athlete, worldwide athlete, to come out of Canada. Because people don't realize UFC is a huge sport in other countries. He's in the conversation with Wayne Gretzky now, definitely, right? I I honestly do believe it because, you know, he came up in a sport that wasn't really accepted. Like, you know, I I think we were in it, we're a bit of pioneers in the sport, especially here in Canada. And he took it to the next level. He, you know, he helped solidify our sport as just that, a sport. You know, like a lot of people did, you know, when we first came up, it was a bit of the dark ages and people didn't really understand it. But, you know, just the way he carried himself really elevated himself and the sport. And, and it opened up a lot of doors for all of us. You know, with sponsorship, you know, like you, you see him at his press concert with Under Armour and Gatorade, you know, he, he, that wouldn't happen without him. The big you know, guys, yeah. Because, because of the the person he is and how he carried himself and and, and it's it, it, you should everyone should be proud of him you had the opportunity to travel the world and i guess you would have got a sense of uh what george st pierre's fame was like in other countries was he uh did people like him even though oh, he wasn't well, from like, it didn't matter if it, who you were what country even if he, if he was in brazil fighting brazilian you know people were drawn to him he just had that charisma um, you know, and, and he always had it. You know, it was funny. Our, our first fight, um, George and I both won the Canadian titles on our first fight uh, together on the same card in Montreal. Wow. And, and that night, he, he just, he seen him, and he knew something was special, something was different about this guy. Just, he, he just looked at him, and he, and he knew that he was something special. 
And Mark Hominick, did you have personal interactions, any stories about yeah. George you know St. Pierre? He, he just, like I said, like, I'm not, there's nothing to say. There's no, there's not, no asterisk beside his name. You know, look, if you look at any sport, whether it's combat sports like boxing, you know, there's the Mike Tysons, and, you know, the, there's always these crazy stories of something that happened, or, or you know, the, the, whatever it is, the girls or the drug use or the partying or the, the money and, and just everything in excess. He, he doesn't have any of those asterisks beside his name. Uh, and even on his record, you know, his two losses, he both avenged both those losses. Like, so yeah. it's it's pretty hard to, to say anything negative towards the guy. And, and it's an honor to kind of share the stage at times over my career with him. Uh, 28 total fights, 26 wins. What would you say is the quintessential Georges St. Pierre fight, Mark? I think the Matt Hughes, because that was the passing of the torch. You know, when he first fought Matt Hughes, he lost, and he lost because he didn't believe that he could beat him. You know, that was his icon, Matt Hughes, at the time. Uh, and then he came back and finished him with a head kick knockout, you know, when he did take the title <laughs> yeah. from him years later. So, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. That was, I think that was the passing of the torch, and then from there he didn't lose again. I found it interesting in the press conference, he also talked about uh, his potential fight with Khabib, who's at the top of his game right now, and how uh, GSP wanted the fight, Khabib wanted the fight, but the UFC didn't want the fight. What do you, th- what do you think would have happened if that fight well, went down? Right, right now, Khabib is one of their newest stars. Like I'm, I know there's the Connor, the whole Connor era, but Khabib represents another, another, another breed of athlete that, you know, the hard-nosed Russian, he's got this, you know, this Muslim uh, faith behind him. He, he's a massive star in both those, like, you know, as a country and as a religion. Uh, so I think he, they're building him. You know, he, he's a worldwide star as well. And if George goes in there, beats him, George will retire 100%. So yeah. he, he, he basically will retire. Leaving you know, the, the UFC like holding the bag. So, yeah, so basically, you know, it'd be a gamble. Like, obviously, it would be a one-day, or, you know, a huge payday for that fight. But moving forward, if George beats him, that eliminates Khabib as a superstar, unbeaten champion that's going to carry the company moving forward. Mark Hominick, the machine, is on the phone with us, former UFC fighter. You are retired from your fighting career. What advice would you give Georges St. Pierre as he heads into his retirement? <laughs> I, think, I think I should be asking him for some advice. <laughs> you know, he, he, he's definitely um, one thing that has been a staple of him is, is even without him competing, he's still keeping all the sponsorship. He's still, it's just because of the person he is, and I think he'll continue to do that. One thing that He's. I've always, you know, been, uh, you know, proud to watch is that he's always been a martial artist. He's in the gym every day, and he'll continue to lead by example to the guys in the gym. And that's one thing I, I think I, you know, I, I can try to do as well. Other gym at Adrenaline is just lead by example to the young fighters to show you know how it's done with both work ethic and class. Yeah, and if you're interested in mixed martial arts, you're you're here in London. There's a great community here, and uh, Mark Hominick and our buddy Sam Stout have the gym Adrenaline, which is uh, a great place to get started. So uh, check it out if you're interested. We appreciate you taking some time this morning. I know you got to get the girls ready for school. We'll let you go Always. there, Mark. <laughs> All right. Good All time, right. Jussie Smollett. He's this actor on the TV show Empire everyone's talking about because, uh, well, we we thought he had been attacked and was the victim of a hate crime, but it turns out he made the whole thing up to get attention. And yesterday we were speculating as to what would his motivation be? Well, the Chicago police did a little press conference yesterday and they explained everything. Smollett attempted to gain attention by sending a false letter that relied on racial, homophobic, and political language. 
when that didn't work, Smollett paid $3,500 to stage this attack and drag Chicago's reputation through the mud in the process. And why? This stunt was orchestrated by Smollett because he was dissatisfied with his salary. So he concocted a story about being attacked. Now our city has problems, we know that. But to put the national spotlight on Chicago for something that is both egregious and untrue is simply shameful. I'm also concerned about what this means moving forward for hate crimes. My concern is that hate crimes will now publicly be met with a level of skepticism that previously didn't, occur, didn't happen. This case in particular involved hours of video evidence, which when combined with old-fashioned police work, uncovered the truth. I only hope that the truth about what happened receives the same amount of attention that the hoax did. No, it's definitely getting a lot of attention. I saw it all over Twitter and uh, Instagram and Facebook yesterday, people talking about this. He got what he wanted, fame. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea who the hell he was before this uh, story broke, that's for sure. Ironically, there might be now like a, a miniseries, like the Jesse uh, Smollett uh, story, but he won't be in it. <laughs> yeah, someone else will be playing him, right? It'll be Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> um, this guy did it so he could get a raise, which I do not understand. Like, how, what is your thought process? How how like what was what was the the end game? How was this going to unfold? Like, if I got attacked on the street. I would expect my employer to be concerned about me. I'd expect them to support me as I recovered. But I don't think they'd walk into the hospital room and be like, we're sorry you got attacked. Ah, can we give you an extra $50,000 a year? But again, if, if, it, if it is a big story and he's in the public consciousness, he becomes a bigger name. He becomes a bigger draw. More people are tuning into Empire because they hear about this story. Sure. That's a good point. You know, You think that's what he was thinking? He must have been. Maybe he gets on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> it's, it's it just does it doesn't seem like the best plan if you're looking for a raise to fake a hate crime against you. Well, like if you're gonna fake a hate crime and you're gonna hire people, don't hire two black guys when you're saying like two white guys are the ones that attacked you. Like just yeah. Yeah, and especially also, if you're trying to, because he was trying to get a video. Like he he picked the location, knowing that there was cameras in the area. Yeah, like you know that cameras can tell what color people are, right? But then they went into like a back alley kind of thing. So the beating wasn't on camera, the alleged beating. But like, why wouldn't you hire two white hell's angels guys who wouldn't want to talk to the cops? You know what I mean? Because they don't obviously don't talk to the police and know how to avoid the police yeah. and then actually take a beating, you know, cause he, he, the guys were wearing gloves apparently. So he scratched his own face. Uh. So like, why don't you just take a beating, crack a couple ribs? You know what I mean? Like if you're really going to go through with this, go through with Commit. this. Yeah. Method acting. Isn't this what agents are for? Like just have your agent, yes. like say like, Hey, like, also hey, that like, hey, get, Bobby, get just, a better agent. No, no, or, no. Literally have your agent beat you up. <laughs> See, I was thinking just get a better agent who can negotiate but an increase in salary for you. <laughs> but sure, you could get an agent who's willing to beat the snot out of yeah. you. A man of many talents. <laughs> well, if you're, if you're really committed to the bit. You know. I want to see you peacock, cock, you peacock, cock. Sports time. Peacock, cock, and Peacock is fired up. Yeah, I, um, 
I, I literally had trouble falling asleep last night because I was just so pissed off <laughs> when I read this story about they are considering putting break dancing in the 2024 Olympics for Paris. Apparently, uh, b-boys and break dancing is huge in France. Uh-huh. And so they have this new resolution in the IOC where they want to have every host committee uh, can have sports that are popular in that country in the Olympics. And since they love break dancing in France, now we gotta we're possibly gonna have like break dancing in the Olympics. But they're not gonna have baseball in the twenty twenty four Olympics. So you have baseball, one of the top sports in the world, and break dancing, which like seven guys like. <laughs> like I like break dancing. Why, like, sure, what? lay down some cardboard. Let's yeah. do this. Like why break dancing? Why not ballroom dancing? Why can't I have competitive tango? Like what is this? This is stupid. I well, I mean gymnastics, where they're doing the floor routines. That's kind of like dancing. It's well, the there Olympics. you go. You already got in, and you don't need <laughs> stupid. You don't need people twirling on their heads. It's not easy to twirl on yeah, your head. Yeah. Break dancing is hard to do. I'm not saying it's easy. I grew up in the. Is this a sport? In the era of break dancing, and I tried to do it, <laughs> and I couldn't. Yeah, and Taz says he's a really good baseball player. So it's easy. <laughs> Stop doing the wave with your arms. It's not working. <laughs> you want me to bust out the worm? No, my back's too sore. I can't. Too old. Like, it's like <laughs> they're not going to have karate in the 2024 Olympics. Uh huh. No squash, but breakdancing. And they, they have like, like, I, I was going over the list of all the different sports, and like handball is in every Summer Olympics. Okay, I... Like, handball is, is sacrosanct, but baseball comes and goes, but handball must stay all the time. Handball, very obscure sport, but handball is awesome, Dev. I will say, I think breakdancing is ridiculous, but handball is pretty sweet. Well, there's lots of things that are sweet, but does the entire globe care about them? <laughs> I, like, handball, I played when I was in middle school. <laughs> breakdancing, like, if someone's breakdancing on the street, I walk the other way. I don't want to watch someone breakdance. Oh, yeah? How about this? <laughs> That's not, you look like your body's broken. <laughs> you think I'm having an allergic reaction or something? Get the happy pet! <laughs> and there's going to be like multiple breakdancing events. Not just one, but multiple breakdancing events. I'm pumped. <laughs> I'm excited for it. Ugh. <laughs> and the, the other thing is like, so one of the arguments they're talking about is the Olympics needs to be cool. What cool? Like cool, cool watch cool? thirty years ago? Like, you want to watch cool? Like, like we need to be cool, like the X Games or something like that. Yeah. Does anyone know? Like I, the X Games seems to be always on and never on. Does anyone ever know where the X Games are held? Like, no, who cares about the X Games? If this you're this stupid. mad about breakdancing, you just wait because I guarantee in our lifetime they're going to have video games in the Olympics. Uh, esports, yeah. That is esports are not a sport. What if they brought devil sticks to the Olympics? Remember the? Do you guys remember that? Okay. Yeah, devil right. sticks. Well, so like, why are that, we trusting? Cal- you're thinking of California games now. You got the hacky sack <laughs> yeah. and the like. The French cannot be trusted. They just, <laughs> they just made like fighting with lightsabers a sport. Like they have no concept of what a sport is. Like for them, eating like smoking and drinking wine on a patio is a sport in France. <laughs> 
I may be able to make it to the Olympics if now my asthma would keep me out of that event, too. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I'm never going to win a gold medal. So, like, if Canada hosts the, the Olympics again, does that mean we could have, like, seven different, like, hockey tournaments? If, like, if they're saying, we want what stuff that's popular in each country. Yeah, toboggan racing. Like, what about lacrosse? Like lacrosse isn't a sport, like but handball and breakdancing is a sport. They almost put chess in. That's not a sport. That's a game. I guess what you're saying here, Dev, is that the Olympic Committee should give you a break. <laughs> go, Devin. Go, Devin. Go, 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 Devin. Hey there, bud. Is that a fishing lure? Or sex move? That's a good move. You're not kidding. That's a good move. Fishing lure or sex move is the game this morning. Was it Corey? Hello? Yep. Corey, you're our contestant here. Have you heard the game all week? I have, yeah. Okay, so you know how it works. Jim's going to name something. It's either a fishing lure or a sex move. Okay. You you guess uh, correctly enough and we'll give you the prize. Alrighty. It's easy. Starting it off here, Corey. Fishing lure or sex move? Flirty Gertie. The flirty Gertie. Fishing lure. You are correct, sir. The original flirty Gertie. The bait with the funny name that catches fish. Awesome. The circus spinner. Fishing lure or <laughs> sex move? Sex move. You are correct. When a lady spins on top of her man with the help of a ceiling fan. (laughs) What? You heard me correct, Taz. When a lady Uh, spins on top of her man with the help of a ceiling fan. I feel like this should be an experts only as well. You just make sure you have that ceiling fan reinforced (laughs) because there is a lot of opportunity for injury (laughs) if you're trying to pull off the circus spinner. (laughs) The Swedish pimple. Fishing lure or sex move? Mmm. Fishing lure. You are correct. That's a quarter ounce size four. And chartreuse works well for perch and even better when one of the hook's points is tipped with a fresh perch eyeball. Okay. <laughs> Next, the teeny torpedo. Fishing lure or sex move? That's my signature sex move. <laughs> Who stole my move? <laughs> got, gotta be sex move. Incorrect. Oh. Surface plug for smallmouth bass in the spring when the fish are shallow and surface aware. <laughs> How about this one? The surface plug. <laughs> Fishing lure or sex move. <laughs> Finally here. Deadly dick. Fishing move. Wait, fishing lure or sex move? Deadly dick. Deadly dick. dick. You are correct, because if it wasn't, I wouldn't say it. (laughs) Ideal for long casting is five inches long and comes in red, blue, and silver. Well, you tell her it's five inches long. (laughs) It's really only four and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations, Corey. You've just won some sweet prizes. Four-pack of tickets to the London Boat Fishing and Outdoor Show this weekend at the Western Fair. And you're going to see Britt Floyd tour at Budweiser Gardens on April 3rd. Awesome. Thanks, guys. That's the Taz Show podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And remember, you can tune in on the radio, 95.9 on the uh, dial in the London area. That's FM 96 or FM 96.com.